Welcome to First Term, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Kiwi, and with me is a very mocking and mean BP <laughs> that no one can see because this is a audio medium. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> Welcome to First Turncast, listeners. I'm BP. Today we are playing Kabuto Sumo, designed by Tony Miller, who also did Fire in the Library. The developers were Michael Dunsmore and John Brieger, who was also a developer for Cartographers. And the artist is Quan Chai Moria, who did Dinosaur Island, Cryptid, Under Falling Skies, Side Reel Confluence, In the Hall of the Mountain King, Preta Porter, Catacombs 3rd mm-hmm. Edition, Dulacere Island. And that's just the games that are in the top 1000 on BGG. <laughs> Yeah, like these are many of these are games that we've played in the past and actually are on our shelf. Yes, uh, Dinosaur Island is a game that we enjoy. Um, and Cartographers is also a game we enjoy. The only one we don't have that I wish we had was Fire in the Library because we've always enjoyed that when we play it. It was published this year, 2021, by BoardGameTables.com. Um, it's The description is, it's springtime in Japan and the rhinoceros beetles, Kabuto Mushi, Japanese for helmet bug, have returned from their travels. Now, out in the wild, you can find them butting heads to show off their wrestling skills and impress their insect friends. This is the origin of the phenomenal World Insect Wrestling Championship. In Kabuto Sumo, you are one of the contending beetles battling for supremacy in the ring and your place in the pantheon of legendary wrestlers. The mechanics are slide push and variable player powers. And the box art uh, is a very large beetle with a big horn, and he's got the um, the lightning bolt. I think it's paper uh, that's coming off of it, but it's the belt that uh, a Yokozuna would wear. And he's faced off against another beetle uh, in a big, it looks like he's on a stump, and then there's like tons of bugs all over the place watching it. Um, and it says Kabuto Sumo. And then I'm assuming that the kanji there uh, also says Kabuto Sumo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and it looks like a little forest background with like flags coming down and a. Oh, yeah. It the, looks like sumo, the... the sumo wrestler has his foot on another insect that he's already defeated. Oh, yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, the that big kind of tent thing and then the flags coming down around the sides. Pavilion, like, that was yeah. the word I was looking for. Um, I think those are traditional parts for uh, sumo mm-hmm. grand tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, is would you pick this up off a shelf? I hate bugs. Okay. So. Uh, but it is Tony Miller and it's still, I mean, it's Japanese and it's kind of funny, but I hate bugs. So I'm kind of conflicted, like kind of, but I hate bugs. Okay. Like I love spiders. Like if these were arachnids, I would be all over it. I don't think there's any arachnids as one of the characters that you can pick. Yeah. So I backed the Kickstarter mainly because um, I got, so I follow Tony Miller on um, uh, Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, watching him go through the design process mm-hmm. for this game. So he designed it for his son because uh, he loves those, you know, those coin push games at the arcade that you mm-hmm. put a coin in mm-hmm. and more fall mm-hmm. off. So his kid loves those. So he wanted to design a game for his son that uh, had a similar mechanic. And this is what was born mm. uh, out of that. But it was super cool to watch kind of like where it progressed 
uh, up to this point and then seeing the, the Quan Chi Moria art. Like, I really like this art style. It's really cool. Uh, the art style is cool. It's very cartoonesque, very Japanese. And so I think that would intrigue me enough to probably. And then like if if it was definitely face out and you saw the words Tony Miller, I'd probably be a little bit more intrigued. Yeah, I think what's cool is. Like thinking about this art style and like mm-hmm. the way this box cover looks and then thinking about Dinosaur Island and that very like 80s neon like colors, like it's very separate. Mm. You, you could look at both those mm-hmm. box arts and be like, that's the same artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so BP with you, you can see the pieces. Traditionally, you cannot see these when you and Eric try to attempt to. Right. And you also gave me. I gave you some hints. Yeah. yeah. I was really throwing you a bone there. Yes. Um, so I am assuming, I mean, just kind of like with wrestling, we are going to be trying to throw each other out of the ring. Okay. Or in this sense, since you gave me that coin pushing off the thing, we're going to try to be pushing insects and coins off the ring. Uh The player board seems to be a top of it is portioned round Mm -hmm. uh, to mimic a right sumo ring, ring, which is, of course, round. Naturally. So I am assuming uh, it's a two-player game, correct? Uh, It can go higher, but... Oh, well... It's got sumo in it and coins. So the goal is to try to push your opponent off. Okay. uh, To try to, I'm guessing, push towards you. Okay. I I don't know. I mean, the, okay, that's the slide and push. Variable player actions. We also have spread out before us, like, I don't know, counting off the top of my head real fast, 15, 16 cards. With all these different insects that have all these different names, I'm assuming they're fighters, um, and they are going to give us our um, different playing abilities, which I suppose will tell us how we're going to be able to push or the extra powers we have when we're pushing things. I don't know where the goal is to push your opponent off. All right. So the history of wrestling bugs. So sumo uh, wrestling, yep. very Japanese, yeah, but really a resurgence post nineteenth century to become how Japanese really almost envision part of their historical past, as well as kind of it's a very nationalistic sport now. However, it really is almost as old as all components of Japanese history, meaning Shinto. Um, a lot of the rituals, actually, that sumo wrestlers do as they're both entering the ring, right? They have yep. that whole ritual where they face out, then they face in, they clap, they do, right? This whole, like, ritualistic thing. Yeah. All of that has to do with certain Shinto sh- shrines uh, and how you would enact various rituals around various Shinto shrines, specifically see if I can remember my gods correctly, a god of um, uh, thunder and lightning. That's what I named these gods. Uh, Oh, God. You (laughs) thought I was getting off. Um, I forget what the other god was, but like traditionally two different gods were at the base of this. um, And they actually had a fight. So like it's it's built into the, the mythology, if you will. Thunder swordmanship and conquest versus 
uh, a fire demon who is the god of water, wind, agriculture, and hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you had those two gods. They basically wrestled. And uh, that's the basis, the foundation of uh, sumo wrestling. It, of course, became fantastically popular during the Haiyan period, which is a very artistic um very Japanese period uh, noted for um, women writers who would write in actually Japanese script versus males who would learn to write in a Chinese script. Um, And so uh, it was a time of development of the Japanese aristocracy, which then would lead into right. The whole kind of medieval period and the samurais and feudalism and the Daimo, which were right the lords, so basically like your medieval knights, yep. samurais, um, and they would basically uh, kind of like how ancient Roman empires would like you know fund gladiators and things like that. They would fund sumos and basically hold uh, you know sumo wrestling events on their estates to kind of call attraction to themselves as being great lords, not just of like warrior things, but also warrior activities and entertainment so that they became more and more a sport for the masses than just the aristocracy. Edo period, when the shogunate tried to control uh, the aristocracy, shut down. No. Yeah. In Tokyo, aka Edo, you could not have sumo. Uh, It was allowed in like Osaka and Kyoto. Um, only around ritual, like religious ritual festivals so or charity events. So it was very limited. But in the Meiji Restoration, when all things Japanese were restored and promoted, it came back with um, kind of a vengeance and kind of like 19th century in a lot of places, uh, mass culture, mass entertainment became very popular and sumo wrestling in Japan became a very popular sport. Uh, I actually got to see sumo wrestling. I know. When I was lots of people did. Uh, they came in because I think what it is, is they do their grand tournaments like every other month. So there's six of them, but they all take place at certain places. Like, you know, there's always one in Tokyo and there's mm-hmm. some in some other, some of the other major cities, but then the other months they either have off or they do like demonstrations and stuff that don't count towards, mm, you know, somebody getting promoted or yeah. demoted or anything like that. So yeah, in Okinawa, they came and did a big one. Um, and they had, they didn't have a Yokozuna because I think at the time there was only one, um, but they had some of the other high ranking uh, folks there. I think one of those guys actually did become a Yokozuna for a little bit. So it was, it was super cool and just like see the rituals and Could things like that. Could you tell the people who don't know Japanese what a Yokozuna is? A Yokozuna is the highest rank you mm-hmm. can reach in uh, sumo. And I think you have to be like vote. It ha- you have to you, you have to do like really well and then people can like vote for you. And then if you ever get to the point where you start losing as a Yokozuna, like there's an expectation that you retire. You don't want to shame the name of Yokozuna. So bug sumos. Bug sumo. So uh, we're going to do bugs sumo. uh, Very similar to real sumo, except in this game where it's not similar to sumo. Uh, We are going to be using the pieces in our inventory to try and push our opponents out of the ring or force them to use all their pieces before they achieve victory. This game can be 1v1, a three-way free-for-all, or a 2v2 team battle. The youngest person goes first. 
I win again. <laughs> uh, but also fun might be last person to, to sumo wrestle. Um, last person to have seen a sumo match. Last to visit Tokyo. Uh, so you, 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 yep, you. Yep, what me, about me, bugs? Me. Uh, I didn't think of any bug ones. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm going first. So each... <laughs> Each player will pick a wrestler. Because I go outside a lot and see a lot of bugs. Yeah, you probably do. Uh, so each player is going to pick a wrestler, or you can just give a random one, and retrieve the pieces listed in their starting inventory. On a player's turn, they will do the following. You will pick a piece from your inventory and push it onto the board utilizing the pushing platform, which is the piece you weren't sure what was oh, yeah. in. I thought it pushed. You must push the piece straight without changing direction and applying consistent pressure. So you can't like flick it. Mm -hmm. uh, it must go into the ring and not on top of another piece. And you stop pushing when the piece is completely, when the piece completely enters the ring. Uh, any standard piece, so the small green, the medium light brown, or the large dark brown, uh, that falls is then placed into your inventory. And if a piece accidentally falls off, not as a result of the pushing, we're going to put it uh, into the general supply instead. Before or after your push, you uh, may perform one of your wrestler's signature moves. Each move can only be used once per turn. Uh, first execute the cost and then perform the action. Any signature pieces knocked out of the ring are moved to the general supply vice the player's inventory. Because most of them, you have to purchase them utilizing the pieces that are in your inventory. A, less, a wrestler is knocked out if they are pushed out of the ring, no matter the player. So if I push my own wrestler out, I'm... Uh, I'm eliminated and they lose. A wrestler is submitted if they do not have a piece in their inventory to play and the winner is the last wrestler standing. So clearly there can be no ties. Uh, well, let's play. Okay. So, we just finished a game of Kabuto Sumo. BP as Instar All-Star defeated Kiwi as Mjolnir in two matches to one. Uh, BP, what was your winning strategy? Pushing stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, the first match, uh, BP ran out of pieces and she was submitted. Like in... In like three moves. Yeah. Uh, in the second match... Uh, I was submitted uh, because I foolishly pay, played both of my pieces to use uh, Mjolnir's uh, special ability, which was to pay a small and a medium to get a large, and then I got nothing out of my mm -hmm. large. So it was also just a few moves. Yeah. Uh, and then our third game was the most intense of the three. It was. Uh, there was lots of pushing. Uh, I did a couple of special moves. I don't think I got a single disc. From my, my big special move. Uh, BP was able to get her special move off a couple times. Um, but in the end, uh, Kiwi was submitted when he ran out of pieces. I love that you're talking about yourself in third person. Yeah, I was just telling the story as if I was somebody else. <laughs> um, yeah, I tried to use my special move, um, but it didn't work out any of the times in that third match. Yeah. So uh, I think if you... Because you have to pay... Uh, discs to an opponent so you really have to like 
I feel like I might have overused it. Mm. And had I used it a little bit less, been a little bit more strategic with it, maybe I would have had the pieces left. Like if there was a move where it was like, okay, I'm guaranteed maybe mm-hmm. to get something uh, just because the way the pieces are lined up. But, you know, all the pieces are round so that you can't really predict. Mm-hmm. And then there was one time where Except I was for like, the stars. Yeah, well, I was going to like, I'm totally going to use those stars. And then the mm-hmm. stars just kind of like formed up around the square mm-hmm. and or the circle and I got nothing. Um, and I think it was interesting that neither one of us uh, pushed the other out. Yeah, um, but you I were so close. I was to... close. And then I noticed that. So then I started playing more pieces to try and push my guy yeah. more towards the center. I did that, too, at one yeah. point when I felt like I was going off. Which I feel is like what you have to do. Yeah. And I kind of helped put myself in that position because I was trying to get some yeah. of it. Because the way you set up the two player board, there's kind of more pieces at the edge because there's some right. stacked up. So I thought that was. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, at one point, though, I did say, I think the strategy is more how many pieces can you fit on the table than pushing off the table? Meaning that I think, like, to a certain extent, part of the strategy is, like, when you think about, like, you're going to be trying to push everything off. Like, it's you have to have so much on there before you can push something off. So, like, you're going to be, like, you know... Trying to stack it like you, I don't well, know. Well, I, I feel like what you're trying to say is you you want to stack it on your turn so that the other person pushes it to the edge so that you can get right. those pieces. And there were a, a bunch of pieces, probably like two, three, or four that got accidentally knocked mm-hmm. off that I was trying to get. So they went to the general supply and I never had the option of getting them. So, um, what did you think of the theme? I know we established that. I don't like bugs. You don't like bugs. Uh, it obviously plays up, though, the whole kind of buggish, but also um, sumo theme. Kiwi was straight to point out that all of the little pieces of bugs have butts. Yep. Butt cracks. Uh, yeah. And then they have the, the, the yes, traditional, what, what you would think of for sumo wrestlers. Yeah, it's 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 cute. It plays up on the cards. Um I don't know that while I was playing it, I felt like a bug wrestler, but I the cubes do try to make that theme still stay into place. The color scheme tries to make it stay into place. The platform tries to tie it all in. So I think there's a very good, strong, thorough tie-in for a mechanic that's just supposed to be coins. There's definitely a lot of added pieces to try to make it a lot more than just coins. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I felt like the theme did come out because I felt like definitely in that third match, like it was a super back and forth, mm-hmm. like you would expect. With it was a, a volley almost. Yeah, like, you know, you were trying to push me out. I was trying to push you out. So, and then, you know, doing signature moves, trying to, to get people out. So I definitely felt like we were uh, maybe not wrestling, but we were definitely doing the back and forth you might see in a sumo match. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like the theme was pretty good. Um, table presence, BP. Oh God, it is. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I think if you were, especially when you first, when I approached the table, Kiwi had all the cards laid out. So they had all these pictures, the bugs, which, uh, again, can we just take a moment to go ahead and talk about the cards? Yeah. Cause they're all super cool. The artwork is absolutely fantastic. The reading on them is great. You learn a little bit about some of the bugs, which I don't like bugs, but they're still fascinating creatures that have adapted to environments. 
And um, I had one that apparently is a caterpillar. Uh, so, I mean, it's a bug I can handle a little bit more than a wasp or a beetle. And, um, and you flip them over and it's got a little bit more of the cute little cartoonic art with all kinds of bugs dropped in, dressed up in a, some sort of sumo wrestling gear. Um, oh my gosh. And when you lay them out like that and then, uh, they, yeah, there's cool. Like the thunder down under is a giant Weta cricket, which I think is cool because Weta workshop is a New Zealand, oh, uh, yeah. it does like the special effects. They got big doing uh Lord of the Rings mm. the special effects for that. But then there's like Mother Superior is a mm-hmm. praying, praying mantis. mantis. And yeah, then, I saw that. You know, the way they have like the you know the back of the praying mantis's head, it looks like a nun's habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just kind of like, yeah, I think, I think you're right. And, and I think like you know we've talked about this before with with card games with cards. Like you're not necessarily going to see all of these if you walk past the table. But I think if you saw. I, I, it, I mean, it's a very unique, again, yes. it's like a little squat, like anybody who's been to Japan knows that like all like traditional anyway, furniture uh, usually sits closer down to the floor because people would have just sat on cushions. And so it's got that kind of, it's a platform, but it's a low platform. So it's not super tall. So it looks like a stump. And then it's covered in these colorful discs, but not like super bright colors. They're like wooded colors yeah. and so it still keeps that theme going and then like when we're playing like kiwi was much better about getting up and moving around but i think any game where players are having to move around the board people are going to stop and be like why is that per- person moving around so much while playing a game like it just causes attention you enjoy it more because you are getting up a little bit and it uh so, yeah, I think it would definitely catch your eye walking by, even if the cards weren't all displayed, yep. like there's enough going on on the board. It's not like super big or like super vibrant, but it's very different. Yeah. And I, I think like I was uh, kind of apprehensive about playing dexterity games because that's essentially what this is, mm-hmm. just because like I wasn't sure I would be into it because I didn't think I'd be very good at them. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause, just because, but I feel like so far every dexterity game we've played. So we played crash octopus. We mm-hmm. all enjoyed that one. We played Tokyo highway, mm-hmm. which we enjoyed that one. And I think the big difference is, is there's a lot more movement from the players and you're getting up and you're paying attention to what other people are mm-hmm. doing because, you know, it's going to impact you. It's going to impact you, but also you get to see like them having fun with it mm-hmm. too, with, you know, some board games, you just don't see that because of the way they play out. Um, so, I, yeah, I think like any dexterity game, especially ones where you get up and move, like people are going to notice and like get mm-hmm. drawn into your table. So it's very, very interesting um, for mechanics. I mean, the I feel like the hard part for you was stopping once you get in, once you got into the <laughs> ring. But I feel like if you played enough, you would start realizing, OK, I, I get to this point and then I stop. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the, the mechanic, you you push discs onto the onto the board, um, and I and I feel like it, for me it's a very interesting like Tony Miller saw something out that his mm-hmm. kid liked and tried to recreate it, and it's something that I don't think we've ever seen. I mean, we talked about just now that we've only played three dexterity games, but even mm-hmm. knowing about other dexterity games, I I can't think of anything that plays similar to this. Right. So. 
And I think for such a quote unquote simple mechanic, because I don't know really how, I mean, I am an historian, physics beyond me. Because at one point you're like, oh yeah, like I think once you figure out the physics, I'm like, who said I'm figuring out physics right yeah. now? But like, I think though, you know, again, it, se- it seems like a very simple mechanic, but like it adds some actual strategy to it. Like once I think, I don't know, maybe you have to get through it a couple of times to get that strategy. Maybe like it's luck yeah. too, like just like those games. And so it can go super fast or it can get really in depth. And obviously the more in depth it gets, the much more fun. But um, I mean, that's, I think what attracts people to those machines. They obviously are popular because they're like everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I, I think it's that, the idea that you can look at it and be like, oh, if I can get it right there, mm-hmm. I'll get so many. Yeah. There were a couple where I was like, okay, I'm buying the big piece. Yeah. I put it right here. I'm going to get like three or four pieces. And you got nothing. And then just the way it got put, like mm-hmm. I got nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you, you're not sure. And, you know, I've talked to them in the past, like I'm not big on luck-based games. But in, in this one, it was just like, it added to the fun. It was just like, oh man, like, yeah. Now I got to figure out like how you to get think, pieces. You think you had like the strategy, Dan. You had the line, right? You, I thought you, I had yeah, the line. Well, maybe but, this is why I'm real bad at pool, too, because I think I have the line. <laughs> I don't at all. Um, rules BP. And we talked about. Yeah, you'd had the problem stopping once you got into the ring. <laughs> I think but. that was just more um, visuals and being just, or like I just kept wanting you to just push. Got excited and you just got like, I'm going all the way across. <laughs> Maybe a bulldozer bug. Um, I don't. Yeah, I think other than that, it, it's it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, so it was it was designed for for kids, so it's easy to learn. Um, Although that said, like the first round, I was like, really? I'm done? Like, that was it? Like, oh, and you're like, we'll play again. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was so short that, I mean, we played in the span of 20 minutes, we played three matches. Now, granted, those first two matches were pretty short. Yeah. But that last one, like, I I feel like even if the other games had been the same length as that last one, it still would have, like, we would not have played that long. So, um, and the rule book is... Um, oh, it's like, like a little pamphlet, like two and a half pages total, maybe mm-hmm. it's, you know, one, two, three, four, but you know, between the rules and how to put the little, uh, thing together, the, the map, and then, you know, a decent portion goes to how to examples, set up the game for two to three, like, yeah. four players. Got some examples in here. Like the rule book's really well laid out and it's easy to follow. So and colorful. Yeah. Um, but that was good. So uh, player interaction. I feel like this one's easy. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, we were a two player, and I think either way, if you think about it, I mean, yes, you're definitely you're competing. You you have to pay attention when someone's going because you one want to make sure your your bug doesn't fall off, and you got to see where everything's going because that's going to then set up. Because there were a lot of times I just left the platform where you were and just like kept pushing because like you had them like just on the cusp, yeah. you know. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I think the other so week, fast. yeah, the other week you talked about, you know, there are games where you can get up after your turn is done and mm-hmm. go do stuff and then come back and be totally fine. Mm-hmm. This is one of those games where like it, one it moves so fast you don't have the time yeah. to do yeah. that. And two, like you want 
to watch the other people. It's like when yeah. uh, we were playing Crash Octopus or Nine Tiles Panic with, with Paxton. Uh-huh. And it was like, you don't want to get up and leave because you want to watch them go through the thing yeah. and, and, and do the stuff. So like, it, I, I, I feel like even if it's not your turn, like it's fun to watch because mm-hmm. you want to, you just want to see. Um, so big question, big question. Would you play it again? Yes. I felt like at the beginning, after we did that first one, you were not. <laughs> I know. Well, it was really hard. Cause I was just like, Oh, whoop, whoop. like what? Like, and then you did it. And like, so even after the second one, I was like, what is going like on with this? This just doesn't. But I mean, like, I, I, I mean, it reminds me though to a certain extent when Eric and I played Fire in the Library the first time. Like, I think that was the Gen Con. You had to, I had leave, to leave early, yeah. and so he and I were trying to play it on our own, and I think we messed up because, like, we just kept going and going and going, and so like it was fun, but we were just both like. I don't know. And then like we actually like figured out what we'd been doing wrong. And then it was like super fun. And then we finally got you to play it. And we just had, remember that time we just had so much fun. And so I feel like it's like this one, like maybe there's a little bit of a learning curve, even though like it's a little, it's a short game. It's a simple game, but I think it's just maybe it's the dexterity element that you have to practice practice a little bit. And it does work. Um, I mean, think about all those puzzles that people play on their phones that use different dexterity elements, you yeah. know, and drawing lines. And so to a certain extent, you're doing that. But you also they're all circles. You don't know. You, yeah, you don't know which circles way circles are. I, I mean, again, I'm not a scientist, mathematician, engineer, any of that, but I'm pretty sure there's some Greek philosopher out there, like screeching in his like uh, sarcophagus, going like, "You can't predict circles and where they're going to go." Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, of course, why people make money off of those games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Plus, and I'm so, sure they're rigged, so. Oh, yeah. So, again, uh, Kabuto Sumo is uh, rigged. Rigged <laughs> and has us all sucked in right yeah. now, at least in this household. Uh, yeah, I would definitely play it again. I want to see some of the other pieces and how they affect things, and I think it would be fun to have, like, more than one person, like, having a three-player mm-hmm. uh, one and even a four-player one, I think. Oh, Paxton's going to love it. I think Paxton would like it, too. And I think Paxton, he's enjoyed the other dexterity games mm-hmm. that we've played. So uh, so uh, that was Kabuto Sumo. Kabuto, by the way. Mm-hmm. The helmet. The samurai helmet. That goes, yeah. Which, now that you look at some of the horns on the horn beetles, makes totally sense. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Take us out. <laughs> so if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear our impressions on, just send them our way. It's first turn tabletop at gmail for email and we are on twitter and instagram at first Turncast and the podcasting campbell which is kabuto Helmeton says please don't forget to rate review and subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers play more games it's interesting how far we've come yeah, well, I mean, once you, I, I feel like once you figure out the physics of it, it you can make like so bad physics. Better choices on where you want to go.
very intense people. There's a lot of pushing. I like how they have little butt cracks. It's funny. I've got stars coming out of my butt. <laughs>